pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 106, and you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Always listen online at our website, which is dipetro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Folks, stop it and see them. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. A delicious meal is waiting for you. Full bar, large dining area. Enjoy unique rustic setting. Plus, they have the big new outside deck. You're going to love it at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Well, folks, good afternoon. As you just heard, big news, of course, with the Biden administration and the fact that um, he's going to get to appoint uh, someone to the Supreme Court with Justice Brewer. Now, close to home, this, uh, this controversy continues regarding Governor McKee and Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott and this $46,000 payout per month that she's now going to receive Oh, even though she's leaving. And someone that I mentioned, she is a councilwoman in Cranston. And folks, joining us right now is Councilwoman Nicole Renzulli. Good afternoon, Councilwoman Renzulli. Hi, Mr. DePietro. How are you? I am very well. Let's start off, if you don't mind, I want to give you a chance and some insight, uh, or you could provide us some insight. I just want to start off with your first uh, reaction to the situation with Dr. Scott leaving and this business of 46000 a month the McKee people are going to pay her. And this whole business, what led you to, I'm going to say this real loud, people are hating on Dr. Scott for a consulting salary. Let's get something straight. She doesn't need the state of RI right now. We need her. What, what were you, what motivated you? What were you thinking when you put that out? Well, to be honest with you, I was on Facebook and a friend of mine was had said something just about why is why are all these people, you know, go, coming after Dr. Alexander Scott. And then I started just having a conversation with her and it really made me think that I think the anger is being directed towards one woman who, who left a job and obviously negotiated a deal that was good for her that uh, put her in more and she could have been paid that over the seven years that she was the health director and that probably would have been more appropriate compared to other directors salaries um, and it she brokered that deal I think there's more to the story I'm not mad at her about this now I'm not talking about her COVID policies or where we're at I think that everyone's being very you know, short-sighted. Okay, now, you don't, do you not see that the real story here is Governor McKee agreeing to give her this money? Well, that, that's kind of what I'm, I was trying to get the conversation going in that direction, but when I say something, it's, it comes to, like, oh, I'm, you know, a big fan of Dr. Alexander Scott. I just think that people are picking on the wrong person. Okay. Um, now, here's something, because sometimes stories can hit. And again, folks, we're speaking with Cranston Councilwoman Nicole Ranzulli, and we appreciate her time on this Wednesday. Sometimes when stories hit, um, you know, everyone sometimes comments on things and they don't have all the details. When you put, let's get something straight, we need her right now. And we need her, right? Right now, we need her. When you put that out, were you aware 
that she's taking off the month of February? I guess that I assumed, as as someone who I worked for a director at the state uh, years ago, maybe seven years ago, I worked directly for the health insurance commissioner. And when she took off time, she was not really taking off time. So in my mind, she was, Dr. Alexander Scott, and I didn't talk to anyone about this, anyone about this, this was just in my mind, that she would be getting paid for that time and still doing doing work, probably remotely, maybe coming in for something. I don't know exactly what her tasks were going to be. On the phone with Lifespan, working on the merger, just because she's discharging the time that she's accrued doesn't mean she's not doing any work. But that's just, you know, in my head. Were you able to see, it was put out in the media, Nicole, but were you able to see her resignation letter to Governor McKee dated January 13th? I saw it after. I, I didn't see it when it came out. Okay. I saw it. I, because you know, I saw a screenshot of it. In that, she mentions that she will be done within two weeks. So tomorrow is her final day. And for the month of February, she is expecting to get 5500 under COVID uh, compensation time policy that she's going to get that. So the fact of the matter is. She's not going to be going into the office. She's not making herself available. And she's not going to be on call for the month of February. Her final day is Thursday, is tomorrow. And then her consulting agreement doesn't kick in till March. So just to answer what you put out, we need her and need her now. Um, does it change your mind on that statement when you learn that she's actually not going to be working for the state of Rhode Island for the month of February. Well, and also, I just want to clarify, when I said, you know, she doesn't need us, we need her, that was coming from the perspective of she just resigned. So obviously she doesn't want this job anymore. She's not hard up for a job. She's ready to leave. In my mind, something transpired that, motivated her to say in some way and that maybe the governor said they needed her to help facilitate something in the department. I assume she would still answer the phone, even if she's not going into the office. People have been working remotely for months. Directors answer the phone even when they're on vacation. Okay. Do, but, do, 40 hours a week? I have no, I don't, that's, do, these are all conclusions that uh, we're all jumping to. Well, not really. Uh, Councilwoman Rizzuli, again, I'm just going to go with Dr. Scott's own words and what's been reported there's nothing in that that says that she you you mentioned go there's there's nothing that says she's going to be going into the office and you need to understand starting after tomorrow she's no longer the director so you know this business of like a director still you know on call what have you she she loses that title starting tomorrow and her pay with the state is not paying her her normal salary of twelve thousand a month for the month of February. That's why she's claiming this fifty five hundred. So okay. now, does that change your view of this? And again, your words were she doesn't need the state of Rhode Island right now. We need her. We're not going to have her for the month of February. Uh, did I say right now? Yeah, you did in your tweet. Actually, I'm reading your tweet directly. She doesn't need the state of Rhode Island right now. We need her. So my point is, it just, 
let's just say. That, I, I understand what you're saying. Okay. If she's not if she's not running the department during this in this in between months. Then how do we need her? I was assuming. I think that the governor must have needed her for something. Or why would he offer her? or come to an agreement of all this money. Okay. I'm just trying to give kind of like the benefit of the doubt. Oh, hey, I'm leaving. Oh, no, you can't leave right now because literally your deputy just resigned. I don't have anyone to replace you right now. You got to kind of just hang around. Right, but she that didn't happen, right? She He accepted her resignation. He claims that he got her, tried to get her to stay, and then she she would not stay. So, but I just want to get to what you're saying. And again, folks, speaking with us is Cranston Councilwoman Nicole Ranzulli. Councilwoman, let me let me just be very clear. I would agree with you that if there were questions about what have you, um, she gave two weeks notice. It's almost like a desk job. But to me, the time that people would have those questions the most would be in the immediate aftermath, which would be the month of February, right? So. Not as we start to get into March, April, May. I don't see. I mean, the numbers are going down now. There's a very good chance they could be really low. But I want to come to your tweet about when you're paid closer to your worth, especially in all caps, a woman. You get raked over the coals, and your value is. Get the blank out of here with the consulting gig. It's a favor to the state because she could have just ran. Now, I don't know if, if she's taking off the month of February. Isn't that kind of like she's running out on the state? I meant she could have just left. She wants to go. She could go do anything else. She could go take another job. I She wanted to leave. Whatever happened after. She was going to take that month after she left and get that $5,000 anyway. She could have went and worked somewhere else and still collected right. you know, that, that money. That and part's not in question. I do not know these people's personal lives. This is me saying if she she obviously didn't want to do this anymore or someone didn't want her right. to do this right. anymore. And she was ready to go. Right, so she resigned. Back. And maybe perhaps when they get, maybe the office can run without her, but the new person that they have to get through the Senate, maybe that takes a whole month, I don't know, then that person needs to be trained. I'm not sure. This is me, honestly, opening up conversations so that people start talking and dig into what you said at the beginning and start looking at, hey, what other contracts out there are ridiculous? Because there, there are ridiculous contracts we know, but everyone's just focused on this one thing. They're missing the big picture. What about all the other people with inflated salaries at Buddha? When when they resigned, nobody started looking at them. So that's where it, it points to me. Like she's a woman, and they're they're kind of picking on her. That's how I felt about it. Okay, and let me ask you about that. Now, let's just say you're making an argument that while she was Dr. Cole Alexander Scott, while she was the head of Rhode Island Department of Health, you're going to make the argument that she was underpaid. And maybe you're arguing you feel she was underpaid because she's a woman. Um, no, I wasn't making that argument. Well, you put when you're paid close to your worth, especially as an all cap woman. 
you get raked over the coals. I would just say, you know, I want to remind you, the person that hired her, put her in that position, dealt with her at times on a daily basis, was Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. So if, if, if during the pandemic, Councilwoman Renzulli, during the pandemic, Governor Raimondo said, you know, this is such an important role. And as I look at what she's being paid, which I believe it's around 12000 a month, I think she's underpaid. I think we should make her paid, just as an example, 25000 a month. Well, that would be the appropriate time. But I want you to understand what people are having a problem with is if we understand the nature of how this whole thing went down with Governor McKee. It's Governor McKee, Councilwoman Renzulli. He's really the one that the media and other people are questioning because I I just want to, under his guise, under the way he describes what happened, she comes to him, Dr. Scott, and says, listen, I'm ready to leave for whatever reason, for whatever reason. It's too much. I've done enough, blah, blah, blah. Maybe they don't get along. But she's going to leave. I'm resigning. It's effective in two weeks. And then I'm going to collect the money owed to me for the month of February for this COVID comp time, what have you. It just it doesn't stand to reason as the person is leaving. Governor McKee says they began negotiating with her a buyout package. When you resign, that's not the time you start negotiating anything. You get what you what is due to you. Right. Mm -hmm. What is so that's what has people thrown. That's number one. Number two, what really has thrown people is it'd be one thing if he was even going to pay her 12000 a month, March, April, May, which she's been getting. Now, when her separation agreement with the governor, and again, this was a public document, it writes that, you know, she doesn't have to come in, that she would make herself available uh, by phone, right? Should they need her? They may, they may not. It doesn't even hint that it could be a daily thing that who knows? A week could go by and they don't have any questions for her. But what has really stood out is it just doesn't make logical sense that she's no longer the director. She doesn't have to come in every day. Um, there's no set defined role. And now all of a sudden we're going to pay her $46,000 a month. Don't you see why that's such a... Oh, I do. I I agree with you on that. What I'm saying is, it's not... If you left your job and you just spent like two years, probably around the clock, very, you know, stressed, any job. If you left your job and somebody gave you the opportunity to to have a, a cushier version of that job... And more money, would you say no? No, no. So that, I'm just saying it's not this, on her. I this falls on Governor her. McKee. This falls so on Governor McKee. Is, what I'm alluding to, it's not her. And I feel like more people, because it's hard to separate. We're, we're in this pandemic. It's It sucks up all of our lives. It's made everything very stressful for everyone. And people differ on policy. And now COVID is everywhere regardless, no matter what you did. You either had COVID or someone you know close to you has had COVID. That's just what it is. And people are frustrated. People, I don't think, can separate their frustration about that from this. So that it's kind of coming out on her instead of maybe where the anger should be directed to. That's how I interpreted it. And again, folks, we speak with Councilwoman Nicole Renzulli. We're going to let it go in a moment. But Councilwoman, again, you wrote with the consulting gig, 
you feel it's a favor to the state of Rhode Island. You don't see that someone who's making 12000 a month, who's going to now take February off for three months as the virus already, the numbers are going down, things could be winding down. You, you don't see, you still feel, even though she's going to get 46000 a month, doesn't have to go into an office, doesn't really have a title, that somehow she's doing us the favor. I think that she's doing whoever asked her to do that a favor. And it might not be us, but she is doing someone a favor because she was, and she's getting a, a favor back, obviously. I guess that's what the money is. But she's, she said she would leave, right? She tried to leave when uh, this happened. Now listen, how, I'm, I'm not in on their conversations. I don't really know. This is just well, me talking on Twitter. Right. But listen, you know, your statements on Twitter, um, they're almost like the equivalent in this day and age when someone's in elected office. It's almost as if you're releasing a statement about it. You know, it's 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 with some people. Social media is just social media, especially Twitter, Facebook. Those are seen as almost like official comments on that. I, I just feel with with some of this isn't wrong. Um, it, it just it just doesn't stand to reason. And also as a member of the city council. I might think, Councilwoman Brinzoli, you might be a little concerned over the precedent this, that this could send. Because the number two in command over there through this has been that Tom McCarthy. Now, he's a white male. He's resigned. And he's not getting anything. So how do you say, I don't understand how the McKee people shake out. To me, I want to be very clear. I don't see this as... That this is this is much more about Governor McKee and his lack of transparency than Dr. Scott. I mean, you're not mm-hmm. wrong that she's mm-hmm. making these demands, but it just doesn't stand to reason. I don't think this this has been done in the past. Listen, he he wanted her out. He wanted let me just he wanted her out. He also wanted her silence. The cost of that was in essence she wanted to be paid for a full year over three months. And they're disguising this as a consulting agreement. But you and I both know that the odds this may, that the state would be unbelievably barraging her with phone calls about the pandemic in May would equate that it's worth 46000 for the month of May. It, it just, it doesn't really stand to reason. Okay, but you see this, that how... We're having this conversation that got a lot bigger than people just saying, oh, my God, she's getting, I can't believe they're giving her $46,000 a month. She made everywhere wear masks. We have the highest COVID rate per capita. They're just, they're going very small. So I said it a little bit differently to facilitate a different conversation that we're now having. But when you put... Things like women in caps letters and being raked over the cold. You seem to be reacting more to some anecdotal conversations that you've seen on social media. The, the real bottom line here is... But as got it, attention, right? John, as, you as, like to get attention, don't you? Um, it got, it got attention. People started... Well, I, I think... It, people interpret what I say is that's how they, they interpret it. They can... How it makes them feel and then they start talking amongst themselves... That's on that. I think it I think it confuses 
the argument of why people are critical. Because I think you seem to hint the reason why she's being criticized. So it, I wouldn't even say anyone's criticizing her. Now, you have a different take, but the criticism that I have seen has been over the way this is being handled with, with the McKee people. And that's taxpayer money. This isn't his own private company. That's our money that he's going to be handing out. 46000 a month. As I've said, I believe this is far more about the McKee administration. I think it sets a very dangerous precedent. And I also, I don't believe it just, it doesn't stand to reason. And, and I'll also say this, uh, Councilwoman Renzulli, in many ways, her job performance, whether she was working 100 hours a week or working five hours a week, it's almost irrelevant because when, if it, when he, she went to him, and wanted to resign. And he claims he wanted her to stay. And then she said no. And then they started negotiating. If she was underpaid in the job, it, it's still it's still irrelevant to the fact that he's using COVID money, taxpayer money, setting very dangerous precedents here. Um, Mayor Fung left Cranston City Hall. I would think, as a council person... Um, you would call into question if new Mayor Hopkins said, hey, listen, um, Mayor Fung did a great job when he was the mayor of Cranston. I think he was underpaid. We all can agree he did a great job. So as a result of that, he's going to kind of consult with us over the next few months, and we're going to pay him $1 million. Well, <laughs> it's, you know, that's not the way... A mayor leaving Cranston City Hall is set up. I don't think that should be the power of the new mayor to be set up. I mean, if you, I know that's not the best analogy, but wouldn't you have a problem with that? I mean, I know you enjoyed a good relationship with Mayor Fung, but would, would you have a problem with that if that was set up with an outgoing person? Yeah. Okay. And what I'm saying is that the way I put it might have confused people which that, that's how it was interpreted i'm not saying hey this is great let's give everybody these huge severance packages when they leave i'm saying that she did she could have been paid more before it's just kind of all lumped together it's not like cause and effect it's that i don't think that they gave her that money because she was underpaid do you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying she was underpaid. Well, that that's an argument. And, and I mean, that, but I'd come back to people that no one says anything about, and I feel like people are saying things about her. At least I am hearing that because they're they're tying her job performance to her, and and this. I don't think this has anything to do with that. I think this is some totally other thing. Well, she, I'll, I'll say this, and I certainly appreciate the time, folks, with Cranston Councilwoman Nicole Renzulli. She, she's very high profile, okay? This is someone that, as you know, with Governor Raimondo in the early year of the first pandemic, every day on television, uh, the pandemic has raised its head. There's been a lot of politics behind the scenes, some of which you may not have been uh, privy to. But I just think, you know, we have to be careful. Someone is leaving, and if people are critical of these unusual financial arrangements that are made, if anyone objects... If someone starts to say, well, it's because she's a woman or because she's a woman of color, I want to come back to this is far more about Governor McKee 
than it is Dr. Scott. Because, you know, let's just look at, to be practical about it, her agreement, they, the state, she had an agreement with the state as the head of the Department of Health. When uh-huh. she wanted to resign, when she said, I'm going to have my lawyers contact the state lawyers to negotiate this, Governor McKee would have been completely within his power as Governor of Rhode Island to say, uh, excuse me, there's nothing to negotiate here. You're going to receive what you're going to receive. He could have done that. Now, he didn't do that. And there's certainly a speculation that what that money is really buying is her silence by she had, uh, you know, not the best relationship with the governor. She had a different type of relationship with Governor Raimondo. But in agreement to pay this, she will not badmouth him, blah, blah, blah. But let's be very clear. This is far more about Governor McKee than it is about Dr. Scott. Um, because everything you said, I agree with. Up until, as as I had on leader Blake Filippi um, in the 12 o'clock hour, and he went on Channel 10 last night, and he is right. If this were a buyout, if this were a buyout, then that's the way it should be presented. The governor wanted to get rid of her. She refused to resign. This is what it took, basically, to buy her out and get her to resign. That's but really that what happened. Probably, that would probably set a precedent when you say it out loud like that, then everyone probably wants a buyout. Well, that becomes what the severance package is, you know, in, in, in private industry. Yeah, except not everyone has, you know, you don't have a legal standing to demand a buyout. So this is more of what happens when they, you know, they, they, they agree they want to get rid of someone. Um, you know, not to jump too far off, but I, I know, uh, you know, John Gruden was the coach of the Raiders and then he ran into a controversy. His agent starts meeting with the team. He has a three year contract. They want to get rid of him. Now they have to set up an agreement that he's going to depart. I mean, that's how it came about. But this business of the buyout. Uh, if Governor McKee wanted to make a change, which it sure seems that he wanted to, then he had a couple of options. He could have fired her. He did not want to fire her. Uh, he wanted her to resign. He wanted to make it seem like he didn't want her to leave. And they agreed to give her 138000 to go along with this charade. Okay, so that, that, is, that is a fine narrative that would make sense she could have also wanted to resign because she felt differently policy-wise and she was able to actually fully put into place and right. she was frustrated and wanted to go and he wanted it to look different they could have been a bunch of different things yes we don't, we don't know i don't know yeah but let me ask you this before i let you go do you do you feel she's being treated differently by the administration or the media, not what just some friends of yours are saying on Facebook. Do you feel she's being treated differently because she's a woman? I don't want to say directly because she's a woman, but I observing other people leaving and, you know, the different controversies that just happened at Buddha over the summer. I think that she's drawing more attention. Is that because she's a woman or because she had a higher profile, you know, personality? I don't know. But I think that women are, they just 
are easier to zone in on and I might pick on, but they do. That's why there's not a lot of women in, in politics. There's not a ton of women at a, at the highest levels because it's it's harder to get there because of what you deal with when you go. I'm not trying to do identity politics. It's just a fact. You you feel that she, Dr. Scott, was underpaid as the uh, director of Department of Health? Yes, but I also feel Dr. Fine was, and he's a man. Okay. So that's... What, why do you think Governor Raimondo underpaid Dr. Scott? I, I have no idea. I, right. don't, I don't know if she went... When she went in, she took the same salary that Dr. Fine had. And then she later, I believe, got an $8,000 raise at some point. When I think... And don't quote me on this because I don't know, but I remember, you know, appointed positions like that. They often go with whatever the salary was before that. They don't always sit at a negotiating table. They're not in a union. They don't do any, a lot of that. Right. The the job pays what the job pays. That's what the head of the Department of Health pays, whether, as you said, it was Dr. Fine or Dr. Scott. I just think it's important to remember that the person who could have given her the money that you feel is justified was the first female governor, which was Gina Raimondo. And it could have been done during the pandemic. If if oh, yeah. if I, she I'm went... Saying, I'm not blaming Governor McKee. I'm not blaming anyone specifically. Well, I'm just you're hinting at it. Well. You're hinting at it. But when, when, when if Governor McKee said, listen, she came to me, she said she was going to resign, I told her... We needed her to stay. She said she felt she was underpaid. As a result of that, we're now going to pay. We're going to double her salary. That would be one thing. But what has drawn the most. Like that. What's that? It could have happened like that. I don't know. Well, that didn't happen, though. That didn't happen. But you, you don't say she deserves more money and she's still leaving. What I'm saying is... No, if, that's not what I meant, John. I just meant... No, I, no, hold on. I'm telling you what's happening. Hold on. I'm telling you what's happening. I'm not talking about what you meant. I'm just saying his version of events make no sense. You don't say... I'm okay, saying yeah, if, he had, if he had called a press conference and said, you know, I had to make an executive decision. Dr. Scott wants to leave. She feels she's underpaid. As a result of that, I'm doubling her salary to 25000 a month. That would be one conversation. But what you don't do makes no sense is the person wants to leave, feel whatever reason. We don't know why she's leaving. In her resignation letter, she doesn't mention that she's underpaid. She wants to leave. And what you don't do is say she's leaving, but now we're going to pay her 46000 a month instead of 12000 a month. That is unprecedented. That does not make sense. And let's leave it at this. I would be curious... If you, uh, in whatever, not today or anything, but in speaking with different constituents of yours that are business people, I would be very curious to hear their thoughts on what they think of this situation. What they think of an employee that comes in and says to the manager, you know, I've decided I'm going to move on, I'm resigning. And then how many of your constituents say, you know, I don't want you to leave. Well, I'm sorry, I'm leaving. Can we give you more money? No, I'm leaving. Well, in that case, we're going to give you five times your, four times your salary, even though you're not going to be here. It just, Nicole, it just yeah, doesn't make sense. Weird. I, I, I'm agreeing with you. I'm not saying that's not weird. I'm just saying it's not 
that she just took it. Like she didn't, she was leaving. Whoever gave it to her is the one, um, we are saying the same thing. That it's not, it's just, I feel like some of the focus is on her because people are mad at her because of the health outcomes and the continued mass mandates of kids. People are mad at that. All of that is true. Getting, All of that is true. They see you're getting $138,000 and not working anymore. On top of that, I think that that would make me very inflamed as well. Like but, it, it, they're, but they're directing it at her. It's taking away from the bigger picture of whatever was, whatever actually happened. All right. Whatever is going down in the background, that is the main problem. Folks, she is Cranston City Councilwoman Nicole Renzulli. Nicole, good to talk to you, Councilwoman Renzulli. We wish you the best of success in uh, in the new year, and we'll talk to you again. All right. Thanks, John. Have a All good right, day. All right, folks, there it is. Cranston City Councilwoman Nicole Renzulli. Um, again, folks, I want to. Um, I know that went long. I think it's interesting at 138. I know, I'll say this, I think the McKee people are kind of welcoming this talking point. <laughs> about that somehow Dr. Scott was underpaid and she's not getting what she deserves. Um, but that's that's really not what this is about. Governor McKee has he has a problem with this because it doesn't make sense. No one believes him. He has a transparency problem. He, you know, had a, a very uh, turned into a very contentious relationship with Dr. Scott and also Tom McCarthy. But no one believes, no one reasonable believes his story that what he's trying to peddle, which is that, oh, no, he wanted to leave and it's good value. It's this is a problem. And I'll tell you where this is also a problem. This is really going to continue to be a problem for Governor McKee. Now, as we said, he did let go someone from his communication office. I'm not going to dwell on that. Uh, kind of went under the radar, but it did happen. But where this was short-sighted and what he doesn't recognize is he is um, he's basically, he didn't want to come out and say she's agreed to leave. And I've decided that we're going to give her a year's salary because she did a great job. He could have done that. Um, he didn't do that. Where I believe this was a mistake and again, folks, at 1.40, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, which I think is short-sighted, that they don't even recognize, is this is going to be a story in March. It's going to be a story in April. It's going to be a story in May. <laughs> and it's going to be a story in June. And in the month of June, when we go, nope, here we go. All right, so this is uh, Seth Magaziner. Is jumping into the race for CBD2. How about that? So, General Treasurer Seth Magaziner has decided to pull the trigger and ignore Dan McGowan's column. And he has pulled the trigger. Seth Magaziner has announced um, that he is going to run. Let me just see if he's having some kind of, let's see. Uh, Seth Magaziner, today I formally announced candidacy for Rhode Island 2nd Congressional District. Blah, blah, blah. Trump McCarthy. Um, 
Well, let's. I, I am not hearing just yet, but I thought Dan McGowan has put out a very strong column of why he should not run. Entitled, um, totally does announce for Congress. Okay, so that's interesting. So now the race just got a little bit smaller for governor. Um, in fact, that um, that now he's not. Now that is, who is that? Good news. That is good news for Helena, folks. He, that is very good news because he... And Helena folks were basically, he uh, were drawing from the same pool. So, Treasurer Seth Magazina will run for Congress and not governor. Now, a couple things about that. As Dan McGowan points them out in his column in today's Boston Globe. He does not live in the district. Um, He lives on the east side. A lot of his people that are in with him are they're going to have to switch checks. He does have <clears throat> he does have money um, from his parents, but he is now decided that he is going to run for Congress instead of governor. So four months after announcing run for governor, Magaziner pivoted. He will instead run for Congress, fight to preserve our democracy. Blah blah blah. Uh, lives on Providence's east side. Not in the district. They just have to be state residents. So that will scare some people out. Born in Bristol, lives on the east side. Um, this certainly throws off the race for governor. That's probably a good thing for Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee. Because now there's one less person in the race. This also helps Helena folks because they were both kind of pulling um, from the same pool of the liberal progressives. So I also, I don't buy, he lives on the east side, but not in CD2. I don't I I think it hurts him. And as Dan McGowan mapped out, I think it does make him I know it seems like a small thing, but his politics do not measure up, I don't think. Um but will he's going to run and be unable to vote for himself. And I, I, he was set up for the race for governor. He was. Uh, this is, this is not bad for, this is not bad for Governor McKee. It's not. And again, repeating, this is just coming over, but General Treasurer Seth Magaziner will now be running for governor. So, um, so that makes a big change. And see this, oh, let me just see. Nope. Let me see what that says. Um, the fact, here we go. And I'm being told that Helena folks now has learned what ballot harvesting is. That's interesting. Yep. 
too funny. Folks, at 145, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Let me find the, um, someone was sending sending to me that um, Helena folks is now, uh, yeah, there we go. Noah Proclamation. There you go. Well, this is this is big. He's going to run now for the governor's race. So the governor's race, folks, let me just reset at 146. The uh, general treasurer, Seth Magaziner, is now running outside of his district. He's going to run in CD2, and which is the Langevin seat. Someone sent me, he's flying into the West Bay and the Lolita Express. Well, his father was very friendly with Jeffrey Epstein. So that makes things very, very interesting. I think it hurts him that he lives on the east side and can't vote for himself. He lives outside a district. So he's not going to run for governor. And instead, he's going to run for Congress. So that does help. Um, Who does it hurt? I think it helps Governor McKee. I think it helps Helena folks. The race now on the Democrat side is Governor McKee, uh, Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea. It's now businesswoman Helena Bonanno folks, and it's also Matt Brown. So he was having trouble getting his uh, gubernatorial bid up to speed, and now... He has switched over and is going to run for Congress. He does have a lot of money. He's raised a lot of money. And now they're just going to have to switch the checks. So how does this? This impacts a couple of different things. This will scare some people out of the race. It also shows the Democrat Party that basically the candidate is chosen by the bosses of the party. So that... Um, certainly it's going to scare some people out. It also, uh, that Ed Pacheco doesn't stand a chance against Magaziner. This will keep a lot of people out of the race because of his uh, money and because of his Washington connections. Uh, he will scare some people away. Not everybody, not everybody. He'll still have a primary, uh, but that's... That impacts two races. It impacts the Langevin CD Congressional District 2 congressional race, and it also impacts the race for governor. Him leaving now again on the debate stage would be Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, will be Secretary of State Nellie Gorbea, will be Matt Brown, and will be businesswoman Helena Folks. So it seems she is staying in the race for governor. Seth Magaziner just bowed out. So he's going to go for Congress in a district that he does not live in. Can't vote for himself. Folks, this portion of the program on this Wednesday is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Call them today at 401-727-1716. John Francis, stop in. Firearms, ammunition, accessories, and a very active Facebook page. It's Competition Shooting Supplies. And I want to remind you. At 149 on this Wednesday, that you can, in fact, um, buy, you can sell if you have some firearms that you'd like to sell. Maybe you need some money. Maybe you need some extra cash, be a little more liquid. 
uh, perhaps someone, sometimes someone passes away in the family and they have a large gun, gun collection. Uh, contact John Francis at Competition Shooting Supplies. Sometimes he, he'll buy it from you outright or other times you could sell it on consignment. It's Competition Shooting Supplies. So this is big news politically that General Treasurer Seth Magaziner has in fact announced his run for Congress and the fight to preserve our democracy is sacred. And national Republicans like Trump and Kevin McCarthy seek to divide America and blah, blah, blah. And everyday Republicans and they're doing Trump's bidding. And this is um, Magazine won the second congressional district in 2014 and 2018. So now I'm also I'm going to go through some other headlines here. So Democrats that are in are Seth Magaziner, Ed Pacheco, Omar Ba, Undecided, uh, Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott, um, and the Republicans that are in are Bob Lancia and Jessica De La Cruz, and we're waiting to see what former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung decides or what Rep Morgan decides. So Rep Morgan said she's considering a run, expects to make a decision within a few weeks. In the uh, This is uh, Ian Donis, the 18 GOP Gov primary. She got 40%, 40% of the vote compared with 56% in CD2. Alan Fung got 56%. Republicans committed to running so far are Jessica De La Cruz and Bob Lancia. So... Um, I, uh, that shakes up both races. It does. And it really shakes up, you know, as far as Governor McKee, um, with, with Governor McKee, he, he just can't right now seemingly get out of his own way. Um, he, it's all these self-inflicted wounds, but Magaziner, he will definitely have money. Um, he is, I'll say this about him, it, it, it clears the field a little bit. And I'm anxious to see, boy, I, I hope Dr. Scott runs. I hope Dr. Nicola Alexander Scott, I hope she does run, jump into the congressional race for CD2. Folks, right now at 152 on this Wednesday, again, we're certainly watching the situation with a potential major snowstorm headed our way. Uh, coming this weekend. I want to remind you to stay healthy and shop at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Pop in and see Marie at It's My Health. Vitamins, herbal remedies, local products, uh, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. So right now, it's 1.53. Folks, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. As always, folks, visit the website, depetro.com. We have unique stories up, unique video, and a lot more. So that's uh, Seth Magaziner has decided to jump into the, uh, the race now for Congress. And... Uh, State Senator Jessica De La Cruz, she is saying she's in. 
Uh, and she also does not live in the district. Magaziner doesn't live in the district. So Bob Lancia lives in the district. Patricia Morgan lives in the district. Former Cranston Mayor Alan Fung um, lives in the district. So, so that is big that he now is going to be running. His bid for governor was getting no traction. His bid for governor, uh, Seth Magaziner, was... Um, it was basically going nowhere. There was, uh, he, he really wasn't doing that well uh, at all. He didn't seem to have any traction. You know, he's one of those individuals that it, it completely goes against the Dan McGowan column um, saying that he should just stay right where he is. I, I agree with that, but he somehow has caved to this. And so now he is, in fact, going to be running. But it also shows just how concerned they are about the possibility of a Republican taking over that seat. Very, very concerned about that, as they should be, as a matter of fact, as they should be. So um, I think that's one of those things that it's, it's a little inside baseball right now. But if you're Governor McKee, it's a little bit of a sigh of relief to get General Treasurer Seth Magaziner out of that race. Less is more for Governor McKee. You know, so campaign's been very, very quiet is that progressive Matt Brown. Very, very quiet. Um, they have not, they haven't put forth anyone that might run for that. Langevin for the CD2 seat. Um, and, and on top of that, um, they, they've just have kind of been nowhere. I mean, if they think that the, I think the main word with Seth Magaziner is entitled. He absolutely feels he is entitled to go to Congress and that everyone should just elect him. And I, I agree with Dan McGowan. I think that's going to be a problem. I do. Folks, again, good afternoon. It's one fifty six. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln, full bar, large dining area. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery. Now, I want to also just check the latest. Obviously, people are concerned with this potential of a weekend storm. Um, the weekend storm, the good news is it would... Fall on to uh, Friday night into Saturday. Snowstorm likely for Saturday. We're going to have to wait and see. Sometimes these things go off course. Sometimes they don't pan out. Um, <clears throat> Governor McKee, he also, I think, welcomes this news because, if anything, just to take some of the focus off of him. So Seth Magaziner announces he's out of the race for governor. And instead, he feels entitled that he should get a congressional seat, even though he doesn't live in the district. And, I, you know, you got to wait until it plays out. Now, as far as the Republican side, there's a lot of intrigue about State Senator Jessica De La Cruz of North Smithfield. You know, let's let's wait and see. There's a long way to go. I think the first debate for Republican candidates Probably come sometime in June. 
August would then be a big month for that race and then it's a primary in September so she is um, she's got a lot of people that are fans of hers and a lot of people that uh, speak very highly of her now the only one of the downsides is the fact that she would be giving up her congress her state senate seat and I know she's very popular but she must feel that she's got a path um, I'm going to go back to, I'll take myself out of it for a moment, but I think Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe has written pretty effectively that, you know, Mayor, there's a reason why a lot of people consider Mayor Fung the, um, the front runner, and he's not going to be easy to beat. And um, she is certainly known in the northern part of the state, not so much in the southern part of the state, and certainly not so much in the district. So that's going to be um, that's going to be a challenge for her. So Magazina will not be the next governor. Instead, he feels he can win the Langevin seat. And I'm just I'm not convinced of that as of yet. Now, folks, coming up in the one o'clock news, the big news nationally of the day is, in fact, at at, um, at one fifty nine on this Wednesday is number one. That all eyes remain on Russia in the Ukraine and that situation is very, very serious. But the other big news that you can hear about is Justice Brewers to retire. Biden gets his first Supreme Court pick. Pledge to nominate a black woman in spotlight. That's what he said. So that's what people are going to hold him to. So we're going to have to wait and see. Listen, on this Wednesday, let's follow this snowstorm that's going to happen. If you're listening right now and you would like to reach me, uh, log on at the website, dpetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. You can click Contact John. You can listen to some of the shows we've done, and you can also shop in the shop and read some of our stories. I want you to see to and listen. Enjoy this Wednesday. WNRI, Socket.